Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Single Mums podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we're going to be talking about children's big emotions and trying to understand our children's emotions. Kids do not come with a training manual. No matter how many books I read, courses I take, I still find it hard to understand my child. They are their own entities, their own personality. So I thought, why not get a child whisperer? So when I saw Natalie Costa's page on Instagram, she's got her own Instagram page called Power Thoughts. She is an award-winning coach, an author, a, a speaker, and she helps kids manage their big emotions. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. Please tell the audience a bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. And really, it's such a pleasure to be here and to chat to you today. Um, so my name is Natalie. I'm the founder of Power Thoughts, which is a coaching service that I designed for children to literally help them tap into the power of their own thoughts and to help them recognize they don't have to believe every thought they think or respond to everything that they feel. And ultimately giving them the tools to help them manage their mindset a little bit more in terms of dealing with the confidence wobbles, the big feelings, um, being able to bounce back from mistakes, because that's something I saw as well. And really the intention behind the work that I do with children and families is to provide opportunities where they can begin to discover new habits when it comes to their thoughts, their feelings and how we respond to things. Um, I used to be a former primary school teacher for 12 years back in London. And I did some stuff in international schools as well. So, and I've also got a background in psychology because I studied in South Africa. So the plan was to do, um, you know, go into my master's with educational psychology, but that didn't happen because I ended up coming here to teach for a few years and then I just didn't go back. Um, and so obviously all legally, of course, my dad's Portuguese, so I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> um, but for me, really, it's, you know, so it, it's, I've always had a real interest in personal development, understanding why we behave the way that we do but particularly more so with children. And myself as well, I grew up as quite a very anxious, worried little girl. And one of the reasons why I started Power Thoughts is because I wish I had the tools available when I was a child that I teach now in terms of mental health and mental awareness. Because I think back then when I was younger, it was just so easily to be diagnosed and be put on tablets and not really understand like, oh, there's something wrong with me, but actually, it's not, it's mental health, it's understanding your emotions, it's recognizing you don't have to believe all the worries that you have. And there are ways that we can start to work through those worries and it's absolutely okay to feel what we feel. Um, so yeah, I mean, in my work is a mixture of things. So initially it started off with me only doing workshops within schools, primary schools, um, but that slowly then morphed into parents wanting private coaching sessions. So I started to do that. Um, and at the moment, I mean, obviously, I um, everything's online. So my online coaching services are online. Um, 
you know, working with schools, it's all streamed online, which I love. And I actually think that's probably the way, way forward. And, and what I've really noticed, I really enjoyed the moment on group coaching sessions for children, where we just get, you know, it's a group of children on a call, we go through certain things. And it's, it's just the, the energy that's created in the group is what I love. Um, so yeah, and then I also do talks in the corporate sector for parents and things like that as well. So it's a whole bit of a mix of everything at the moment, but it, and it's vibrant, very vibrant indeed. <laughs> so then how do you help kids manage big emotions then? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think one of the first things is, and I've started to actually move away because I know in my own language the things that I used to speak about, I'd call it managing emotions because I think it's something we can relate to. But I also don't quite like, I mean, it contradicts what I, how I might sometimes market things because it's more about, I guess, navigating emotions, isn't it? Because, um, and one of the first things when it comes to working with children is first of all, understanding, well, what happens in my brain? Why do I behave the way that I do? And we break it down into really bite-sized, fun, practical ways. I mean, I used to be a year one teacher for years, so my stuff is fun. I break, I have, you know, I'm able to break things down into a way that children understand. And, you know, we first of all explore what happens in the brain, why we behave the way that we do. There's nothing wrong with me having those big angry outbursts and also exploring feelings like anger. Anger is not a bad feeling. It's just another emotion. It hangs out with us for a bit and then it goes just like all our other feelings. Um, and, you know, giving them more insights into if it is anger or worry what are the hidden feelings that like to hide behind that feeling? Because anger is always, it tends to be more of a secondary emotion and it, it hides the more vulnerable feelings. So it's about slowly beginning to give children the vocabulary and expand their emotional awareness of actually, I'm feeling jealous right now. Well, I'm feeling disappointed right now. It's not, you know, which comes out as anger, but actually what I'm feeling might be disappointment or embarrassment or jealousy or frustration. And what can I start to do to help me with that feeling? What do I need? Um, so it's about helping, you know, children understand these sort of skills and processes and giving them the tools and the language. And also, you know, when it comes to big emotions, we look at then what can we start to do to help us with this feeling? You know, what self-soothing strategies can we use? What's the story that we tell ourselves? How can we begin to change that story? So a big feeling might be, well, it's not fair because I'm never going to get like my pass my test this, you know, I'm never going to get this right. Well, that's an unhelpful story. So I could start it to myself, well, with practice, I'll get this right. Or I can learn to improve. My brain is getting stronger and instantly that will shift how I feel and I respond in a different way. Um, yeah. So as a parent, how then do you support your child um, or supercharge our relationships with our, our children? Because I find that with me, when my son is angry because I've asked him to do something, um, and he's stomping up the stairs. I feel like he's doing that for a reaction. So then every time I ignore that, it's like th something thrown in the room or just it kind of exacerbates the, you know, if I don't yeah. give a reaction, the, it's just going to continue. So has, as a parent and you know your child might have big emotions or they're trying to handle their emotions, how can we help our kids? I think one of the first things is, and, and this is, you know, as I say to parents, we, you know, as parents, you're learning as well. You don't have all the tools, right? And I think take the pressure off because this wasn't taught when I was a child, right? My parents didn't have these sort of tools and language. It's very much what you said in the beginning. You do as you're told. And, you know, that kind of like, you listen to me. Um, but I think it's really important to recognize you've got big feelings too. And children model what they see. Um, now, that's not to say, oh, put more pressure on, but it's actually 
be open to the fact that, you know, I want to learn more about, you know, it's about you as an adult learning to, you know, looking at ways to support your own emotional regulation, whether it is, you know, when I work with families, it's very much about um, them using the tools and the language with children. So, oh, mommy felt really big feelings today. I felt, you know, I was getting really angry. Um, but what I really felt was disappointed and I need to use my power breathing or I need to go out and do move it to lose it. So the it's them modeling the tools as much as you supporting your child in learning this because we model what we see. Mm. So if and, and it's also being open to the fact, you know what, I'm going to get it wrong. Sometimes I am going to what I teach children flip my lid. I am going to flip my lid as a parent because I'm a human. But it's then about, okay, I can have these conversations with my child afterwards. I can look at what can I do to fill my tank because we often talk about, um, you know, filling your own cup as well. And also looking at what we often also look at with is recognizing when am I about to flip? What is that moment? And actually, you know, what are the body signals within me telling me, actually, I need to take five right now. I need to take just a couple of deep breaths, you know, whether and, and break the circuit, because when we get into that fight or flight of the big feelings, that's basically when the, the emotional hub of the brain takes over and the more rational part of the brain, we're not able to access that. So beginning to become more aware of your own emotional state, which takes practice and time. It's not easy, especially if we've not been modeled it or taught it. It's, it's a, you know, you're learning alongside with your child and it's, and you will mess up and that's okay. But rather than see every big emotion situation as an opportunity, like, right, I've got to get this right. It's just an opportunity to practice. Okay, so he's really flaring up, you know, this is an opportunity for me to just, okay, me self-soothe, me keep myself calm um, before I can support him. And I think the other thing as well is recognizing, and this is so easy to say, and it's very difficult to apply, they're not having that emotional reaction to you. It feels like it. But if we look at brain development, their emotional hub of the brain is so far advanced in comparison to the prefrontal cortex, the rational part of the brain, the part of the brain that's responsible for right or wrong behavior, you know, rational thinking, um, the ability to make smart choices, that part of the brain is still under construction. So in their, in that when they're feeling that big feeling, it's almost as if they're drowning in that big feeling, because they don't yet have the tools to navigate or the words yet, or they're still learning self soothing tools, that's all still, you know, it's, it's still, it's how their brain is wired. So it's, I think even from, you know, as I often say to parents, reminding yourself that actually my child is drowning in their feelings or my child's having a hard time, but they're not, you know, they're not on purposely. It feels like it's a reaction because we've got our rational brain, but they're struggling. They literally are struggling with their big feelings because their emotional hub is so much more developed than the rational part. They don't yet have the access to all of those tools. So I think what's just, I think just, you know, a few things here is like being compassionate with yourself what can you do to begin to explore self-regulating for yourself? You know, recognizing when you are about to hit that point and what are some things that you can do? I mean, in terms of the deep belly breathing, which lowers the cortisol, brings, you know, brings the stress hormone back down, keeps that prefrontal cortex engaged. Whether, and you know, like I said, modeling this to your child and using the language as well, which will take time. You know, we're not talking about, oh, a quick instant fix. Like we're talking about months and years because you're just trying to build new habits, you know? And that's obviously where mindfulness and meditation and those sort of things over the long run really make big, you know, are quite powerful as well. 
Yeah, but given that it's been like the global pandemic and I found that um, I hate homeschooling, it, I yeah. absolutely have hated it. And I recognize that when every, every time I'll try and teach my son, he would, I don't know, he would be so upset because I'm like, why don't you get this? And it got me to the point where I actually had to get him a tutor. So then our relationship now is, is, uh, <laughs> is a bit better. <laughs> but yeah. I find that a lot of parents have, found, have had a hard time during the global pandemic being stuck at home. Not stuck, that's not a nice word, but yeah, being yeah, at yeah. home yeah. with their child, having to work, having to juggle, and also not knowing what's happening and people dying. How, yeah. how as um, a, a coach, a, a how can we help our kids understand death, understand the current climate, understand that we don't even know what's going on? Yeah. How can we help our kids? Yeah, I think what first is important is there is a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. The brain doesn't like uncertainty. The brain likes control, it likes certainty. And it's about having open conversations with your child. Oh. Obviously, age appropriate. You wouldn't really tell a five-year-old all the details you might say tell a nine-year-old versus the conversation you have with a 17-year-old. But sometimes, you know, we think, and obviously, you know, we want to protect our children, but sometimes not talking about these scary things like death, like, actually, I don't know what's, you know, it's okay to feel nervous or scared right now. It's okay to feel scared because we don't know what's going to happen. And even just acknowledging that, um, you know, and I think this, the, these were conversations we had a lot when COVID first started is how do we have these conversations with our children? But it is about having the conversation. I often say that when we have a conversation, no matter how difficult the conversation is, it's almost like you've put on a light in the room and you can see everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you don't have the conversation, you just see the outlines and it's quite shadowy and the coat that's over the door looks like a person. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you have a conversation and yeah, there are, you know, and I think in that, you know, the reality there is, yes, there is a lot of uncertainty. Yes, you know, sad things have happened where people have passed away. And I'd say acknowledge that it is sad, but then let's also redirect focus because who are all the helpers? Who are the people that have been helping? Who are the people that have gotten better? What can I do to help? You know, it's it's because I think, and that's the danger of the news sometimes because it thrives on the negativity. It thrives on, you know, it's, and that's, and our brain loves the negativity. Our brain's focused more on the negative than the positive because it wants to stay alive. So recognizing, have those conversations and let, and always, I think, let them allow the space to feel the disappointment, the sadness, the worry, the uncertainty. Um, but another way to shift focus is let's look at times when it previously felt uncertain. So whilst things look uncertain moving forward, last year, this time, they felt really uncertain. Yet look at what did we learn from the situation? What, you know, what would, if we had to go back then, what advice would you, you know, your son's nine. So having that conversation of, you know, if you could go back to last year, this time when they told us schools were closed, what advice would you give to yourself? Yeah. What, would, what advice would you give to a little eight-year-old, you know, whatever his, you know, whatever your son's name is, I don't know his name. No, Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So I think in that way, you know, it's actually reminding, first of all, we're looking for, and I'm not discount, I'm not saying discount the negative and let's all be positive. Let's acknowledge the negative. But then we've got a choice. Okay, what are we going to choose to focus on? And also, how did these uncertainties and these challenges, how did they help me grow? Even it was really difficult. What did I learn from it? What would I do differently? Um, how am I stronger now because of the uncertainty? Yeah. 
And, you know, it, it's about shifting their focus. And, you know, again, age appropriate, but I'd say don't be afraid to have these conversations with your child. Um, and what, what you really want is, you know, to, to have that open door in a sense of if they are worried about things that they can talk to you about it. So do you feel like once you have that open and transparent conversation with your child, that's when you actually form like a positive bond with them when you when they can see your vulnerability? Yeah, and I think, you know, because sometimes I think it's so, and obviously, like, again, yeah. appropriate, you know, you're not going to tell, I don't know, your nine-year-old all the things you got up to when you were 16 and stuff, you might not, you know what I mean, things like that, but I think um, there is a lot of power in, 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 you know, it just makes me think of a conversation I had recently with parents around owning your mistakes, mm -hmm. letting your child know that actually, so actually, it's a classic example, a little boy I'm working with, um, gets really nervous when he gets things wrong and we were looking at the brain and what we can start to do to help us you know calm those big feelings and his dad after that conversation shared with his son actually I get really nervous before presentations daddy's always on these important calls I get nervous and one of the first things he said to me he's like I'm going to pretend to be like my dad the next time because he's told me he's going to he's using the breathing to keep him calm so I think we have this idea that because we're the parents can't get you know shouldn't show the mistakes but actually showing the mistakes that you've made even if you erupt in your big emotions and you shout at them and you know that you were in the wrong go and apologize afterwards and model to them what you'd like them to see because you are human and it's only normal that you're going to feel scared and uncertain and of course yes you like you know like i said i keep going on about age appropriateness but you know what's right but i'd say don't be afraid to show a little bit of vulnerability and to show how you cope with that because again you're modeling how to cope with the uncertainty how to cope with that and sometimes you'll get it right brilliant and sometimes you might not but then okay what could i what do i know now that i would do differently and that's what we model as well so what advice would you give to a mum um that is maybe because i'm trying to get my son to do the 11 plus exams and oh, yeah. yes and um, it's hard I, it's very, very hard. And he said to me the other day, oh, mommy, what happens if I don't pass? You know, so and I find that a lot of because I'm in I'm part of the PTA um, in my son's school. And we've got this little group about, OK, get this tutor, get this book. And I kind of felt like if, if he doesn't pass, then it's not going to be the end of the world. But I haven't said that to him. So yeah. what um, advice would you give to any, especially me being a single mom, you feel like you have to overcompensate at times. I hear you. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'm putting my teacher hat on here and I used to see this a lot and I did private tuition as well, 11 plus, and it's, it can be ruthless. It can be ruthless. What I would say, and I might be stepping on some toes here, I'm very much more around your child needs to be happy and emotionally healthy. Um, and I think it's, it's finding that balance because I, I mean, I would say, you know, go in there with the attitude of, we're just going to do our best. We're going to try things out. We're going to be curious. We're going to see how it goes. Of course, I understand education opens up opportunities and certain schools open up opportunities. But I also say there are many routes to success. Yeah. There are many routes to success. And I've seen children that get forced through the 11 plus process, then they get put into a school and they're not happy. Mm. And that's got a detrimental effect as well. And, you know, from the best of the parents' side, like absolutely, like they're only doing the best. But 
I would sometimes look back, look back and think, and this is just from a teacher perspective of where I see, and it literally would be the WhatsApp groups and what teacher have you got and what papers have you done and what are your target? And I would say, and you know, I was on a panel um, with a head teacher of a prestigious school in Tunbridge Wells, and he was saying sometimes it's the parents need to yeah. relax. And I, I, and I, I've had to identify that sometimes it actually is me, and I think that it's because of the single mother guilt. And it was before the pandemic, my son was in absolutely everything. He was doing karate, he was doing swimming, he was doing boxing. Because I was like, you need to look good on an application, and he was just upset all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And when whenever he had this particular tutor, he could not. He he would cry. And I'll just be like, you're going to do this, you know, up until the time that we actually had a conversation and he said, mommy, I don't like this tree. I said, okay, fine, let's negotiate. You have yeah. tuition, but let yeah. me try and find someone that you will like, you know, and yeah. he's doing it now, but not as often as he, because he was doing it four days a week. And I kind of just felt so bad that you're going to school, then yeah. you're coming back home to do tuition. And I had to re-examine myself as a parent that like, why am I making my child happy I dropped he only does boxing now (laughs) so I dropped absolutely everything that he didn't he wasn't happy with and I think that oftentimes even with the the whatsapp group like you said us mothers we're in competition with each other (laughs) yeah and I would say I mean and I know I'm probably stepping on toes and this with the best of intention but it is about that comes like what's the reason for this and of course of course and Yes, I mean, I worked at inner city London schools. I know that there are some great schools that you want your kids to get to, and there are some schools that you don't want them to go to. I understand that. But at the end of the day, a sad, stressed child is not going to learn. And I would say definitely, if 11 plus is the way you want to go, explore that. But explore it perhaps with the idea perhaps of we're just going to see where this takes us. We're going to do our best. Our best is enough. We'll get into the right school that is right for us. Um, Versus, and and I totally hear what you're saying there in terms of, I can understand, you know, being a single parent, you're like, well, I've got to compensate. I've got to do more. But I, I challenge you to kind of flip that on its head. Look at how, what a phenomenal job you are doing as one person. 90% of the time, I suspect you're doing the job of two people all the time without even thinking about it. And what your child needs at the end of the day is connection and love from parents, you know, which obviously they're getting, but it's the other things as well. If your child is stressed, if your child isn't happy, your child is in tears, you know, it's not working. Yeah, And I'd say, you know, and and it's different for every child. And I wish there was like, I I wish there was like a set way of, right, this is what you should do. There's not, because it's different for every child. And equally to add on to that, yeah, sometimes you got to do tough stuff, right? You got to do stuff you don't want to do. But I think the fine dance is here is that we're doing these exams, not because they're a measure of your self-worth, but they're because they're going to help add to your life in one way or the other into, you know, get you in is the option of opening you up to certain schools and education. But if you don't get in, it's not because you're not good enough as a person, you know, and we're doing the best that we can. And I think just as well, it is that, you know, I really, and I think if just, if you look at how the world is moving, very different to when we, I don't know, we were younger and like the idea is like, well, you've got to go to school and you've got to get university and you've got to do this. And it's like, it's a one path. If I see, and I don't know about you, but if I see young people come like, I feel like I'm really old, I'm 39, right? But I'm like, oh my God, if I see like, even a young boy that I've been working with recent, up until recently, he was in my year one class and I was a teacher, I then carried on tutoring him. And then I started coaching him 
So he's now about 15, 16. The conversations I would have with him at 6.15 blows my mind. And I'm just like, the world is different. The opportunities are going to be different for our children. And that's why I just say there are many routes to success. Um, And unfortunately, this is a whole other podcast, but the school only system only sets us up for one route of success. And it discounts the thousands and thousands and thousands of other ways I feel sometimes that other personalities and children might not always fit in that little box of, right, we've got to do these tests. And like, you know, it's, I just think that, but yeah, like I said, that's a completely different, <laughs> different conversation. So tell me about your masterclass. Yeah, so supercharge your relationship with your child. Um, Something that I also do alongside my coaching is psychometric assessments with families, so with children. So it's um, just personality profiling. And all it is, it's an opportunity for parents and children to understand themselves better and also to understand, obviously, each other better. Um, And it's something that I always do on the sidelines, but I don't really talk about. And I know how effective it can be in terms of really understanding. And again, it's not putting you in a box and saying, well, this is your personality style and that's how you are. But it does give us a bit of a better insight into how we prefer to respond to situations, how we might interact with others, what motivates us. Mm -hmm. So we'll be looking at the different personality strands. There's four different types. We're a mix of all of them. Um, but some tend to be strong, you know, some tend to be more dominant than others. Um, and really just looking at what, what motivates each style. Why do we sometimes have conflict? So often what I see is maybe a parent who's quite outgoing and assertive and quite right, get this done. And the child is a lot more cautious and sensitive and, and, and quieter. And they tends and the parents get frustrated. Well, why are they not getting things done on time and get impatient? And the child's like, I need more time. I need, you know, it, it's their personality style thrives under a bit more time, showing the instructions, showing the ropes. And equally, you might have a child, you know, you might have a child that's more um, strong-willed and doesn't like to be told what to do. And the parent hates conflict and the parent doesn't like to get upset about conflict and doesn't you know just just please be nice and let's just get along and so again you know providing an insight and understanding but also some strategies to just support and build that communication because again communication isn't taught um you know how we think about something isn't necessarily how somebody else thinks about something and like you've said it's just because they're your child doesn't mean that they necessarily are they're their own entity their own person their own little personality developing um so yeah so we just look at the different styles and you know tools to support parents and understand yourself as well as an individual so what are what what are the tools actually having a happy child then? Well, I'd like to challenge with happy because happy, we can't be happy all the time. Mm. I'd say, you know, it's, there's a lot of pressure. Oh, I've got to be happy all the time because actually it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel nervous. And of course we want our children to be happy, but think about it. You're not happy all the time. We have our days that we feel sad and down and just a bit meh. So of course that's gonna be natural for children. I'd say if we could maybe 
look at what can we do to support our child to navigate all of these feelings, to know that all of these feelings are okay. It's okay to feel these feelings, to, to sit with some of these difficult feelings. Um, because that's the other thing, you know, if we then talk about ongoing unhappiness is sometimes where I suppress feelings that I don't want to be feeling, but actually if I just allow myself to sit with them, it feels pretty rough but the feeling comes and the feeling goes again. And I think, you know, I mean, there are so many things there, but I'd say, you know, normalize feeling what you're feeling is feeling okay. Normalize that it's okay to feel angry. Normalize that it's okay to feel worried and it's okay to feel happy and it's okay to feel excited. I often encourage children to create their own feeling characters and we just see who comes and visits us, you know, and how many visitors have we had in the day? So they can begin to see that, I am not, I can feel my feelings, but I'm not my feelings. Mm. And my feelings come and my feelings go. And then also, you know, looking at, well, what can support me with some of the more uncomfortable feelings like anger, you know? And that's obviously when we dive deeper into the, the angry mask and things like that. But I'd say, you know, as a starting point, even just talking about creating feeling characters, you know, and some children create really silly ones, you know, so I have one of the kids, their anger is called tornado. And I have got, you know, Mr. Mr. Eggplant is somebody's worry, you know, so even like, oh, it looks like eggplants visiting us right now. You know, what should we say to it? You know, where do you feel the feeling? Becoming aware of where that feeling feels and that shows up in our body as well. And again, this is something I'd invite parents to do too, because I mean, I teach this stuff, but I'm still using the tools, you know, sometimes I'm still like, don't quite know what I'm feeling today, but, but, but like, so it is, it's an, it's an ongoing process, but the more we're able to normalize that and, you know, sit with more of those difficult feelings, but also celebrate the, the more comfortable and happier feelings and just having the tools to navigate all of the feelings, I would say is a pretty good start you know and self-compassion just be kind to yourself as well like you know I think as well for parents having that sense of self-compassion for yourself too because I think you know there's a lot of pressure and I think especially you know um, I'm not a single parent but I can imagine even more so as a single parent I should be doing more I should be doing this I should I should 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 and it's like whoa whoa let's just let's just, let's just drop all of that yeah. you know yeah. um where can people find you on social media yeah, sure. So um, Power Thoughts NC um, is my Instagram handle. I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook group as well for parents. So Power Thoughts by Parents Facebook group, I think is what it's called. <laughs> That's what it's called. Um, so yeah, but Instagram is where I am at on most days. So you can find me there. Um, got IGTVs and things. And obviously, if anyone wants to pop me a message, they're more than welcome to do that too. Natalie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Mom podcast. The information you've given me has been amazing and I'm going to implement it in my life. I might actually do that, um, the chart. For, for yeah, do the feelings. And I'd say you do it. You know, you come up with some of your feeling characters and it's a great conversation point for your son as well. Yeah. Like, and even when you start to get angry and he knows what your angry character's called, blame it on the angry character. I don't know, Miss Turnip Head. Look, mum's got turnip head here with me right now. Can you give me five? Yeah. You know, it just it just normalizes it. You're modeling to him what you want to see him do eventually. Yeah. It's not me. It's just a feeling, yeah. you know, and sometimes even I encourage like even maybe one day do an experiment and see how many visitors have we got visiting us in the day. So 8 a.m. it was this and then 1 p.m. it was this and then 5 p.m. it was this, um, you know, and I think you'll you, 
in terms of we can put so much pressure on ourselves to put this face on of I've got to be the expert but there is no parent university or parent school or parent I mean you've got parenting courses now but there's nothing you've got to graduate to be you know what I mean and there's no book that came with him saying on page 107 this is what you say to me when I'm having a meltdown (laughs) I do do say to people that um we we have to go through applications for a mortgage or to get a car but you just have a child freely and you know if so many if if our parents did it so right (laughs) then we wouldn't be in therapy today you know like nobody does it a hundred percent you know and even the the best childhood in the world a child can still say well I didn't have a or I didn't have b you know so we just we're winging it (laughs) and I think take that pressure off as well because again they are their own Dr Shafali I don't know if you've come across her work um, I'll pop you the link because she's got some phenomenal work there in terms of actually in, uh, in the message that she said and said, you know, children are their own entity. And I think go in there with a the mindset of I'm doing the best that I can with the resources that I have in the moment that I'm in, in the knowledge that I have. So there's a lot there to it. I'm sure that you're perhaps with all the knowledge you've experienced, it's very different to what you were, say, eight years ago, right? So it's, and, and fast forward. And I think I think we're, you know, you're only going to be making that you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Or, but what if I mess them up? It's well, hey, I'm sure your parents also, in inverted question marks, messed up. Yes. But here you are, and you've learned from it, and you're trying to do different. Yes, I am. And I think it's, it's. I do feel that things have shifted a lot since our parents have obviously, with the best of intentions, but from that more, I don't know to be you know children not not children are seen and not heard kind of thing it wasn't that extreme but I think that a lot has shifted in terms of the awareness of mental health the conversations we're having these conversations weren't around you know when I was growing up it was kind of like oh just keep quiet and get on with it and I think you know so there's so much more positivity taking place now um there to support our children yeah but I do think the help with social media as well is actually really good and I do think that uh, with parenting styles that if I'm having if I'm finding something difficult I can go online and I can research yeah. it and handle it and yeah. I think that it's kind of like more of a like a positive dominoes effect in regards yes. to the way we parent now you know that yeah. we and even when like one of my girlfriends she's going through a divorce but then she it's got so much information out there how to help her children handle their the handle yeah. difficult questions for example and they didn't have that in my no. my parents my parents' day. So it's it's a positive domino effect, I would yeah. say, in regards to how we can help our children navigate big emotions. Yeah, big emotions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like it's it's definitely an ask for help. Yeah. You know, I think don't be afraid to ask for help. I think which is easier said than done, but chances are, you know, you're not. And this is, I mean, something happened the other. I can't remember what it was. But I remember feeling really down and I was thinking, look, I'm not the only person in the world feeling like this. And that's the power of social media as well, asking for help, you know, and especially the great community that you've provided for single parents. There's a lot of help that you've just provided and put out there as well. Yeah, no, you're right. And I remember when I when I actually found out I was pregnant and I called my mum. 
um, she said, to, and I, I was in the bathroom, I was like, Mom, look, I'm pregnant. She said to me, get up off the floor. You know, she's like a, a strong, yeah. strong African lady. She's like, get up off the floor. I was like, oh, I'm so upset, Mom, I'm doing my masters. She said, listen, can you hear this? And I was like, Mom, I can't hear anything. She's like, right now, there's another girl crying because she's pregnant as well, you know? <laughs> and she was like, you're not alone. Go and make some tea. And I was like, okay, I'll make <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, like like you just said, you, whatever you're going through at the moment, you're not alone. No. Yeah, I always say, just ride the wave. Don't let the wave consume you. you just have to let absolutely. Them ride it. Absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And like you said, you know, there's so much more available now to support people, yeah. and the conversations are being had. Whereas I think maybe years ago it wouldn't be had so much. You know. Um, sorry, that was grammatically sounded terrible, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I, do, I do it every day. <laughs> it's fine. I want to thank you once again, Natalie, for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. The information you've provided has been amazing. Guys, please follow her on Power Thoughts on Instagram. Thank you and have a pleasant day. Breaking your arms, I lose control. And I get